morning and stand with me as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're going to look at the book of James in the book of chapter number 4 and the 7th verse this morning to get us started. The book of James chapter number 4 and verse number 7. James tells us to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This morning I want to talk to you for a few moments about how to get rid of the devil. How to get rid of the devil. Amen. Don't look around. Father, we love you today. Thank you for the blessing, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to share the wonderful Word of God. Father, I just pray today your anointing, Lord, would rest upon us today. Father, help us to glean from your Word today. Father, help us to be overcomers in every area of our life. Father, for the glory of God, we ask these things. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated for a few moments this morning. How many of you would like to get rid of the devil? You know, life would be pretty good if it wasn't for him. Jesus said that the mission statement of the devil is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The psalmist called Satan the fowler in Psalm 91 and 3. He said, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. You say, Pastor, how, how do you know that the psalmist is, is talking about the devil? How do you know that, that Satan is the fowler? Well, that's easy because he's the one who's always, always fouling everything up. This morning, I want to give you five tips that will help you get rid of the devil. First of all, this morning, if we're going to get rid of the devil, if we're going to run the devil out of our life, the first thing we need to do is renounce him. Renounce him. Now, to renounce means to have nothing to do with. It means to disown. It means to draw the line against. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4 and 27, give no place to the devil. Say no place. Give no place to the devil. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22 tells us to abstain from the very appearance of evil. Not just to abstain from evil, but if there's even the appearance of evil that we are to draw back, we are to abstain from the very appearance of it. You see, the reason why Satan comes around so often in many a person's life is because they make him feel so welcome. The welcome mat is on the front porch of their life. Ah, the devil's pipe and slippers are awaiting him by the easy chair. Ah, they entertain him while he's there. No no wonder he comes around so often. Friend, if you're going to get rid of the devil, if you're going to run the devil out of your life, you're going to have to renounce him. You're going to have to remove the welcome mat. You're going to have to board up the windows and doors of your soul and put up a sign that says, No devil's allowed. It's been several years ago now, but I remember several years ago, I was making a ministry trip that was going to take me close to where my mom and dad were living at the time. As usual, I was living in another state than they were, and I wasn't able to see them very often, just Christmas and maybe summertime or whatever. And, and so I was making a ministry trip that was going to take me close enough that I could go by and see them. And so I called them the day before I left, and I told them I'm going on this trip, and I'm going to be coming pretty close to where you guys live. 
live. And if you're going to be home, I'll come by and see you. Well, of course, they were going to be there. And when I got there, my mother had this incredible meal waiting on me, including all of my favorite dishes, and she had made me some homemade pie. Wow. And then for supper, they took me out to eat. These are definitely not the same parents I grew up with. I didn't want to leave. Friends, Satan lingers long in a person's life when they make him feel welcome, entertaining the thoughts that he places in their minds, uh, allowing his values or lack of values, his entertainment, his methods, his ways, his people, allowing all of these things and more to be a part of their life. No wonder the devil comes around so often. No wonder he has so much influence in their life. No wonder they look like the world. No wonder they act like the world. No wonder they talk like the world. If you're going to get rid of the devil, friend, you must renounce him. Have nothing to do with him. Disown him. Set yourself apart from him. Give him the cold shoulder. Let him know in no uncertain terms that you are, you want nothing to do with him and he's simply not welcome in your life. Well, if you're going to get rid of the devil, the second thing you can try is resist him. Resist him. Now, the, the text that we read says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, this word resist means to withstand. It means to strive against. It means to oppose. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And it tells us what the purpose for the whole armor of God is. It's found in verse number 11. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you'll study this uh, armor, you will discover that it's not only armor for protection, but it also contains uh, weapons to fight with. There is defensive gear to wear, but there is also offensive weapons to fight with. We think about resisting. Sometimes uh, we think of it not in what it really and truly is. You know, to resist doesn't simply mean that we just cover ourselves up and lean on the ropes like a boxer does, uh, just trying not to get pulverized. To resist means that we not only defend ourselves, not only do we put on the armor, no, not only do we defend ourselves, but we also take the fight to the devil. I don't know that much about fighting. I was a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> Hadn't been in a fight since I was in the ninth grade and I lost that one. I remember when I was about a sophomore in high school, or maybe I was, maybe it was when I was a freshman in high school, I don't know, but anyway, about, about that age, and there was a kid in our class that was three years older than everybody. He'd flunked about three times, and he's three years older, and you know, when you're like 14, 15, something like that, and somebody else is 17, 18, there's a lot of difference. And he was a bully. I mean, he got his way about just about everything because he's three years older than everybody he's hanging out with in his class. And he's always picking on us, you know. And most of us, you know, we just kind of stayed away from him and didn't try and do too much because, you know, we, we knew he's three years older, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's tougher, and he's going to beat us up. And so, but there was a one kid in our class, and he, he was raised on the farm, and he wasn't afraid of anything. 
And one day he just had enough of it. And so he just told that old kid, he just said, you know what, I'll just meet you behind the shop building at lunchtime. Well, those are fun days, aren't they? You know, when you're in school and you hear, fight! (laughs) Only thing better than that's a girl's fighting. That's fun, isn't it? But anyway, everybody was there, man, and here they are. Everybody ready for a fight. And everybody just thinking that old Larry, he's in our class, and he's our age. The other kids our class, too. He's three years older, and he's, he's stronger, he's tougher, he's bigger, he's older, more experienced and all that. Everybody thinks, you know, maybe Larry's just going to kind of dance around, do a little Muhammad Ali shuffle or something. But you know what? Before this other kid could even get his hands up, Larry just pounded him in the nose. Man, blood just started coming everywhere. And Larry just started going at him with everything he before he even knew before this kid even had a chance to even defend himself or put his hands up, Larry was all over him, had him on the ground and just beating the soup out of him, Kyle. I don't know that much about fighting, but I think that makes pretty good sense. Hey, man, no, just go do it like Muhammad Ali, rope-a-dope, you know, or just spend all your time on the ropes covered up. Hey, man, take the fight to the devil. Take it to him. Get in the first lick and make it a good one. Remember hearing the story of a football coach that needed a player. And he sent his scout out to find a player to be on his team. And the scout went out and he looked at some players and he came back and gave his report to the coach. And he said, Coach, let me tell you about this one. I said, man, this kid is tough, man. I watched him. Man, I watched him. He got knocked down three times during that, during that ball game. And he got up every single time. He didn't miss a play, man. He didn't whine. He didn't cry. He's tough. And he said, you know what, I watched this other kid, gave him his name, said, you know what, I, he, he got knocked down actually four times. And, but he got back up every single time. He didn't miss a play. He didn't whine. He didn't cry. He got back in there. Man, he is tough. And he said, this third guy, said, I watched him and I counted no less than five times did he get knocked down. No less than five times did he get back up. He's not a quitter. He's tough. Man, I mean, he never missed a play. What do you think, coach? Which one of these guys do you want me to recruit for our team? And the coach said, get me the guy that keeps knocking these guys down. (laughs) You know, so often we pat each other on the back because we keep getting back up every time the devil knocks us down. I believe that Coach Jesus is looking for somebody today, amen, that will not just get up every time they're knocked down, but he's looking for somebody that will take the fight to the devil and somebody that will knock the devil down. Friend, we have authority in the name of Jesus. We have authority in the written word of God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. First John 4 and 4, greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. Second Corinthians 10 and 4, all oh, use God's mighty weapons to knock down the devil's stronghold. How do you get rid of the devil? You resist him. Don't just stand there and let him use you and use your family for some kind of a punching bag. Don't be passive with him. Resist him. Stand up to him. Fight back with the supernatural weapons that God has provided for you to fight with. Talking about how to get rid of the devil. How to run the devil out of our lives. Well, you can renounce him. You can resist him. Third thing you can do, you can refuse him. Just simply refuse him. You see, it's the devil's job to tempt us. That's what he does. That's his job. No wonder that we're so tempted so often. And, and friend, nobody is without temptation. Nobody. Not even Jesus. 
Not even Jesus. Satan even tempted the Lord. In Matthew chapter 4, it records the 40-day fast of our Lord. And verse 1 says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And if you had time to read this passage, you'll discover that after the 40-day fast uh, that Jesus did, that Satan tempted our Lord three times. And each time, Jesus refused the temptation of the devil. But I want us to notice this morning that the devil didn't stop with the first rejection and he didn't stop with the second rejection. Only after Jesus refused the temptation of the devil three times, only then did Satan finally give up and go away. And the Bible says that even then he left but for a season. You see, the devil is relentless. He tries again and again and again and again. Oh, we must constantly refuse him. A wife came home from the mall one day. She had bought a brand new dress. And the husband was angry. And he said, you know we're struggling financially right now. You know we can't afford for you to buy a new dress. And furthermore, he said to his wife, it was the devil that lured you into that dress shop. And it was the devil that tempted you to put that dress on. And he said, you should have refused the devil. You simply should have refused. In fact, he said, you should have, you should have said to the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. She said, sweetheart, that's exactly what I did. But he told me, it looks really good from back here too. I think you ought to buy it. How do you get rid of the devil? How do you run him out of your life? You've got to refuse him. He's going to come time and time and time again. He's going to offer this and that and something else and you're going to have to just simply refuse him. When the devil used Potiphar's wife to tempt Joseph, Joseph refused. How do you get rid of the devil? How, how do you run the devil out of your life? Well, you can renounce him, you can resist him, you can refuse him. The fourth thing you can try, just simply replace him. Just replace him. Fill your life so full of God and so full of the things of the Lord that there's just simply no room in your life for the devil. And I'm not talking about going to church seven days a week either. I'm talking about walking with God 24-7. Some of you folks here leave on Sunday morning and you and God don't talk until next Sunday. Fill your life so full of the Lord and so full of the things of God that there's just no room left over for the devil. Walk with God 24-7. Take God with you everywhere you go and include Him in every single thing that you do. Friend, when I'm on the golf course, I'm talking to God. Most of the time it's God help me. (laughs) God, put a slice in His... I'm lying. I'm lying. But I do. If anybody's ever played golf with me, they'll know. There's sometimes I'm singing. Sometimes I'm worshiping. Sometimes I'm just talking out loud with, to God. 
But I spend quality time with God everywhere that I go. Whether I'm, whether I'm on the golf course, when I'm driving down the, down the road in my automobile, amen, I'm talking, I'm fellowshipping, I'm communing with God. Even sometimes when I'm sitting there in my easy chair, but I will take a moment and pause and just tune into God, amen, and just realize His presence and just commune and fellowship with Him right then and right there. Some of you need to learn how to practice the presence of God. It's kind of like the radio. It's kind of like the television. The sounds are already out there. The signal is always out there. The picture is always out there. But it's not until you tune into the signal does the sound and the picture appear. Friend, God is everywhere. But we must learn to tune into His presence. We need to learn to tune into Him. Learn how to practice His presence. Learn how to acknowledge and realize the presence of God in our lives. Not just on Sunday. Sunday morning, not just uh, when we're having worship or the pastor's preaching, but no matter where we're, what we're doing or where we're going, tuning in, uh, amen, spending quality time fellowshipping and communing with God 24-7. There was a little boy that was in a very, very strict Christian school, and it seemed to him that all they ever talked about was Jesus. I mean, he got Jesus for breakfast and Jesus for lunch and Jesus on the playground and Jesus in the, in the classroom. And it was just all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All he ever heard was Jesus, Jesus. One day the teacher was teaching and she pointed him out and she looked at him and pointed him out and she said, Johnny, she said, what is gray, has a long bushy tail and eats nuts? Little boy said, teacher, my mind tells me it's a squirrel, but I'm going to say it's Jesus. How do you run the devil out of your life? Fill your life so full of Jesus. Oh, get in his presence so often there's simply no room left over for the enemy. I love the story of the man that was teaching his dog obedience. And he did it by getting a big, thick piece of meat. And he would put it right under the nose of his dog. And then he would give the command to the dog, No! And the dog would not eat the meat. But the dog, in order not to eat the meat, learned what it had to do. The dog could not look at the meat. The dog had to look up into the eyes of its master. And as the dog looked up into the eyes of its master, it could no longer see the meat that was right under its nose. The dog knew, even as a dog, that if it concentrated on the meat, if it looked at the meat, it would disobey. It would not be able to obey its master. The only way it could refrain from eating the meat was to keep its eyes focused upon the master. I want to tell you that the enemy of our soul, amen, dangles meat and dangles desires and dangles things before our very nose. And the only way that we can keep, amen, from eating the meat, the only way we can keep from taking the bait is if our eyes are focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as our eyes are focused on the Master, we can no longer see the wares of the enemy. Hallelujah. 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 How do you get rid of the devil? Well, you've got to renounce him, resist him, refuse him, replace him. And number five, rebuke him. 
If you want to get rid of the devil, if you want to get, get the devil uh, run out of your life, rebuke him. You know, there used to be a, a commercial on television years ago about shout laundry detergent. Remember that? To get tough stains out, shout it out. Well, it don't work. Because one time I had this ugly stain in one of my nice dress shirts. And I held that dress shirt up and I said to that stain, Get out of my shirt, you ugly stain! It didn't work. (laughs) How do you get rid of the devil? How do you get him out of your life? Shout him out. Rebuke him. Oh, after being tempted three times by Satan in the wilderness, Jesus had had enough. Enough is enough. And the Bible says that he rebuked the devil. Matthew 4 and 10, Jesus said to him, Away with you. I've had enough. Away with you, Satan. For it is written, Jesus said, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. The Bible says that the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered. Oh, friend, for some of you, oh, Satan has come at you, and Satan has come at your family over and over and over and over again, and he's tempted you, and he's tested you, and he's harassed you, and he's maligned you, and and he's stolen from you. Friend, enough is enough. Enough is enough. It's time for you to stand up to the devil and say to him, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your grubby little nasty hands off of me and off of what I have and be gone. Oh, remember the story of the time when Jesus and his disciples were out there in the, in the boat on the water and the water became troubled and the storm came up and, 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 the, and the, the water began to come into the boat and it was full of water and it was rocking and reeling and, and the, the disciples were fearful and afraid and thought they were absolutely going to lose their life and, and go under. When Satan tried to kill Jesus, tried to kill his disciples by sending them into a storm. But Mark chapter 4 and verse 39 says that Jesus arose and he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, peace be still. Now most people see Jesus standing up very calmly and saying in some kind of effeminate voice, Peace be still now. Quiet down now. Hush. No, not at all. In the original writings, it suggests that Jesus stood up and he looked into the eye of the storm and he said, Shut up! The literal translation is put a muzzle on it and keep it on. Friend, don't be nice to the devil. He doesn't respond to nice. Take authority over him in the name of Jesus Christ and rebuke 
Him. Oh, Luke 9 and 1, Jesus called His 12 disciples together, gave them power and authority over all devils. Acts 1 and 8, you will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. John 14 and 12, most assuredly Jesus said, I say to you, He who believes in Me, the works I do, He'll do also, and greater works than I have done shall He do, because I go to the Father. If you're going to get the devil out of your life, friend, Amen, if you're going to run him out of your life and get rid of him, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to be willing to stand toe-to-toe with him and use the authority of the name of Jesus. Use the authority of the power of the Word of God. Use the authority of the Holy Spirit that resides within you and rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. Take authority over him and make him leave, and he will have to leave. Hallelujah. We're talking about how to get rid of the devil this morning. Five things we ought to do. Run him out of our life. If the musicians and singers could get back this morning, please. Renounce him. Resist him. Refuse him. Replace him. Rebuke him. Well, friends, although these five things will work, and they will, they're only temporary. Even when Jesus ran the devil off, the Bible said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 13, when the devil ended the temptation, he departed for a season. Some translation says that he departed until another opportunity arose. Mark this down this morning. You may have won this battle, but the war is not over. Satan is defeated for now, but he'll be back. He never stops. Say, Pastor, don't you have any good news for us today? Oh, I do, I do, I do, I do. Oh, even though, friend, even though we have power and authority over the devil today, Even though we can win the battle and yet he'll still come back. And we can win that one he'll still come back. And he'll still come back. And as long as we have breath in our body, the devil will never ever give up on us. And he'll keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And no matter how many times we whip him and no matter how many times we win the, we win the battle, oh, the devil will keep coming back. But the good news that I have for you this morning is there's coming a day when the devil is going to be defeated once and for all. And he will never be back. Amen. The book of the Revelation, chapter number 20 and verse 1, uh, tells us, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and laid hand on the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little time. Verse 7 says, Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners uh, of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather uh, them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. 
And the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And there will be, they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. Oh, the good news is, my friend, there's coming a day, there's coming a time. Amen. When God is going to say enough for you, devil, you've had your time and he's going to shut him up once and for good. Amen. He's going to put him into the lake of fire, into the bottomless pit. Amen. He's going to be tormented forever and ever and ever and this time he will not come back. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise in this house today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If we could have our prayer team get in place this morning very, very quickly. About four or five is all I need. Standing right in front of this a section right here, leaving room on the right and the left. Amen. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today. Come on over, brother. You're here today. Nobody's looking about. Nobody's. Everybody's head is bowed. Everybody's eyes closed today. You're here today and you're just, you're sick and tired of the devil stealing your joy, stealing your victory and working havoc in your home, havoc in your place of business, stealing your health, stealing your money. You're just sick and tired of the enemy of your soul working in your life and it's time today to draw the line in the sand and say enough is enough. Enough is enough. You're willing today to take your God-given authority and use it to defeat the devil in your life today. If that's you this morning, I'm opening these altars today, these prayer workers are here this morning. If you need someone to unite with you, if you need someone to join with you in prayer, then come and stand in front of one of these and share with them as much or as little as you want about the situation. Let them agree with you in prayer. Maybe this morning you just need to get alone, just you, by yourself and do this battle alone. That's why I've left room on the right and on the left for you to come and kneel or stand or whatever that you want to do this morning. Brother Clay leads us in a chorus this morning. Amen. The altars are open. If you need someone to pray and unite with you in prayer, find a prayer uh, partner today and pray with. Let them pray with you, or find a place on your own today. But let's.